with a look back over the weekend sport action. This is Full Time on KCLR. A very good evening, one and all. Welcome to Full Time with myself, Martin Quilty, on Monday the 6th of November. Did you miss me last week? It was the bank holiday. I wasn't actually here, but there was lots of action to take place and Congratulations once again to O'Loughlin Gales. They did win the county final a couple of weeks ago and they will be playing Mount Leinster Rangers at the weekend coming up. On the show, we're going to be talking to Willie Quinlan very soon about Carlo Football and Era Oag's exploits in the AIB Leinster Championship. We will hear from Era Oag manager Turlo O'Brien a little bit later on. Then in part two coming up, we have, an, well, I have an extended interview with RTE broadcaster Ivan Nequillen about her new book the Great Irish Book of Gaelic Games and I have to say what an illustration it is it's fantastic and if you get a chance to get it please do because if you like your Gaelic Games and especially kids you are going to love this book so we're going to hear from Ivan later on and then just about coming up to nearly 10 to 7 we will have Anya Farrell from the Come On Kind crew in with us having a chat about the Camogie from the weekend as well but first of all we are going to turn our attention to the football and Aero Og was playing Kilmacock Croaks last Saturday evening they are the reigning All-Ireland Senior Football Champions and they came to Carlow Town and Willie Quinlan joins me right now Willie how are you? Very good Martin it was billed as the champions are coming to town. There was lots of history between Era Og and Kilmacoe Croaks. Era Og have a tendency to do well in the club championships when they get a chance to. But last Saturday, I think, was just a little step too far this year anyway, with Kilmacoe winning by 112 to four points. A disappointing end to the season for Era Og. Yeah, the game never really, I, I suppose, was was built up to be, you know, going to be this brilliant game. It never really took off, Martin. Uh, Kilmacud will be even disappointed with their performance. I know they scored one twelve on the night and only conceded four points, but they had lots of other chances. They made lots of mistakes. Um, listen, listening to Robbie Brennan after the county Dublin County final, he seemed to be, seemed to say that they didn't really find their form until the Dublin County fi- County final that they hadn't played well all through but played really well in the county final and won by seven or eight points. Now, they were always going to be favourites and they always looked like winners, but they'll be disappointed in certain aspects of their, of their game. But Aerog will be very disappointed uh, in the loss, but in the manner of the defeat, because they made lots of mistakes themselves, turned over the ball, had lots of wides, had three or four short, left short onto the goalkeeper's chest. So they ended up only scoring four points, could have got, maybe eight or nine points it would have brought it be a tighter game and put pressure on Kilmacud but um, they always looked in the driving seat from from the first 10 or 15 minutes after gone they had five or six points to lead and never really looked back Martin I was listening to yourself and Brendan Hennessy on commentary and I was actually sitting at home at the kitchen and thinking to myself Willie is certainly pulling the hair out of himself because the turnover seemed to be coming very easy they were a little bit and I know Turlow uh, alluded to this in his post-match interview as well about the inefficiency of Aero Og because they did have chances but for whatever reason they just didn't take him Saturday evening Yeah they definitely had chances that they had a three wides in the first half and the same in the second half but it's the amount uh, the amount that were left short I think there was four left short on, on the goalkeeper's chest now they were from clo- even close range 25-30 metres you'd imagine they should be putting them over um, still a very young team you know I suppose they're still building lots of lads that have left the panel and gone away travelling and uh, they've done really well to, to win their county final and a great game against St. Joseph's but you'd have to say Kilmacud are not 
three times champion, Dublin champions in a row in the last couple of years and all Ireland champions for nothing. I mean, the likes of Paul Mannion, uh, Shane Walsh. I mean, they were really, you'd have to say, they'd be disappointed in their performance because they were held really well. I have to say, Shane, Shane Walsh himself, but he scored a goal at the end, all right, and he scored two frees. Mannion only kicked uh, one point and that was near the end as well. So he was being well marked by Shane Boogie, who has to be very, very happy with his performance to keep a man like uh, Mannion nearly, I won't say out of the game because he came out around the middle and he orchestrated a lot, a lot of play, but um, he done really, really well. Benny Kavner was the same, outstanding again, picked up lots of loose ball, carried forward, got a point even from the corner back, but you'd have to say uh, Dara Mullen, number 12 for wing half forward for Kilmacourt, he really pulled the strings in as regards the scores. He kicked four from play. He uh, set up Hugh Kenny, who kicked a point in another corner forward. As we said, Shane Welch scored one, two, but two points from a free and one, the goal from a turnover, which, you know, he still had a lot of work to do. He three three players to beat. He ended up soling the ball and then nudging it on with his head even. You could see that uh, on the field and you could see it later on on the, on the television then stroked it into the, the top corner. But they just have the huge experience. Um, their full-back, was, Theo Clancy, was exceptionally... He marked uh, Ross Dumfries done a really, really good job on it and tied him down. Big guys, probably six foot three, six foot four. Andy McGowan, the same centre back. They were very, very well balanced in the middle. Rory O'Carroll, uh, obviously, has six or seven All Ireland medals with Dublin. Huge experience, and a young guy beside him, Brian Sheehy, um, number eight. Again, six foot three, six foot four, but well able to move, could carry the ball up, up and down the field. The pace and the power that that they have look more like a county team uh, against, uh, I suppose, the Aero team. They're going to be very difficult to beat in, in Leinster and they'll probably give another go at the All-Ireland, I'd say, Martin. Yeah, they certainly will, and albeit they may not have been firing on all cinders in the mm-hmm. Dublin Championship, they certainly do. When they get to the the Leinster stages and then the All-Ireland series as well, they seem to nearly improve every week. They seem to be nearly building up to it. But like you've alluded to it already, some excellent performances from the Era Oak players. They are young, you know, this is going to stand to them. Um Paul Mannion, I mean, when would you ever notice Paul Mannion only getting one point in the game? He was exceptionally marked. Shane Welsh getting one, two, but like you say, a mistake coming or a turnover for the goal. Other than that, he had two points. Like So there's some really, really positive areas to come out of Aero's performance over the weekend. Yes, they'll be disappointed only getting four points in 60 plus minutes, but there were some excellent individual performances. Yeah, definitely. I think the one thing that Aero will have to look at, and all Carlo teams, is the strength and conditioning that these Dublin teams must be doing must be, you know, something at a different level because you can see the operator, the pace and power. They get 15 behind the ball, and when it's turned over, there's seven players gone straight into positions into the into the forward line. You know, they were they were they execute with their game plan really, really well. They obviously had their work homework done because. As soon as Jordan Morrissey got on the ball, now I think he was harshly treated at times. He could have got a couple of more frees, uh, but he was stopped. Ross Dunphy was stopped, um, and Colm Holton. They didn't allow them get up any pace at all to, to carry the ball to the goal. So they had their homework done, but but on the field and off the field. And the one thing very noticeable after the game, for 20 minutes we we were sitting in the stand and we we're looking at this. The guys that didn't get a run were absolutely running up and down the field for probably 25 minutes, just like most county teams do at the minute. And that's that's something that, that's been brought into to club football in Dublin. So it's the next level of fitness, the next level of strength and conditioning. They're well organised. Um, they're obviously, you know, they have the players coming through with a massive big pick. 
And as I say, when you have the likes of Manion and Walsh in any team, you're, you're capable of winning any game. You certainly are. I mean, I, I could be wrong on this, but I think Kilmacud like has something like 4,000 members up there between hurling, football, uh, all kinds of age groups and that. Um, and I know it'd be up there uh, every year with the All-Earn Sevens as well with the Camogie and fantastic uh, facilities. And you'd often see a lot of the players out there. But I mean, in saying that, the Carlo teams in particular, Aero Ogan, that, I mean, they're not too far away couple of little tweaks here and there the young lads that's there they're going to gain experience going in now to next year you know to retain the title possibly then to go on into the Leinster or any team that's coming up from Carlo all that is going to stand to them all Willie Yeah it has to stand I mean especially the way, you know the way they, they won the county championship, championship this year they were they were exceptional a fantastic game against Rafili in the in the semi-final could have went anyway ends up going to penalties and Raffaele were were unlucky, but Aero just got stronger and stronger. Had a brilliant county final against Tin Ryland. Ended up winning by I think it was twelve points on the night to a an ultra defensive uh, Tin Ryland. But in the second half, Aero really cut them asunder. And a fantastic game against St Joseph's, and that can all only stand to the younger players. I mean, play against you know the likes of the likes of Paul Mannion and Darren Mullen and Rory O'Carroll Carroll and them lads, Shane Walsh. It can only give you you know a huge confidence, a huge bonus, and. Uh, looking forward to next year for them hopefully some of them guys will, will step in for the county this year and maybe get a run in there as well well you never know with performances especially the way that they were over the weekend there's lots of Lillas uh, putting up their hands for a spot to be called into the county set over which I suppose brings us on to the next part of it because that's nearly the end of the football season in Carlo the next step up now is going to be probably the pre-seasons uh, coming up in early maybe if not late December or early January so at least the lads themselves they'll have maybe a couple of weeks break before they go back into the inter-county set-up and the, the training and the whole lot but again Willie the big C word won't be long about coming around and we'll be chatting then about the pre-season only in a couple of weeks time We surely will Martin and it, it'll fly around it, it, it doesn't be long coming around from season to season well it certainly doesn't Willie as always throughout the year you have been uh, exceptionally kind with your time you have always given us inside knowledge whether it's not criticism it's just I suppose insightful um, guidance I suppose for teams going forward as well and a man of your uh, stature and knowledge as well it's always great to be listening to it so from my point of view thank you so much for joining us here on Full Time and we look forward to the start of the pre-season and going into the National League early next year Lovely, Martin. Thank you very much. Perfect. That was Willie Quinlan there having a chat to us. And very soon we are going to hear from the Era Og manager, Toro O'Brien. We'll also hear quickly from Shane Welsh and Paul Mannion. Brendan Hennessy managed to catch up with them after the game. First of all, though, we have to take a quick commercial break. Don't go anywhere. Your Monday night sports show, full time on KCLOR with Martin Quilty. Welcome back to full time here on this Monday evening. Just gone 20 past six and we will hear from Tarlow O'Brien coming up a little bit later on. Please don't be texting me in about guess who because I can't do anything for it. We don't have guess who on the Monday evening. It stops with the show at five o'clock and Natalie didn't have a winner. But we did have a big winner earlier on this morning. Congratulations to Eileen Doran who won €900 Euro with John Welsh on the breakfast show today. And guess who will be back tomorrow starting with John Welsh again in the morning at eight o'clock. And if you don't know by now, well, it's simple. You just have to tune in. You'll get three clues 
guess who the stars are and you could be going away with thousands of euro it is going for I think another week at least so there's still plenty of opportunity for money to be got don't forget that John Welch also has the mystery voice and I think it's 240 euro possibly tomorrow so you know lots of money to be won here with ourselves on KCLR right as I did say we're going to promise you hearing from Turlo O'Brien the Era Og manager as he caught up with Brendan Hennessy after Saturday's game and here's what he had to say Perlo commiserations but I suppose when you have to chase the game it gets a little bit more difficult they got off to a good start and in fairness you had the chances didn't put them away they got another bit of an edge on you and then when you got back to it they showed a bit of character caused you problems in the end you lost out yeah look I thought the first half we matched them fairly well uh, we, we, I said we created maybe two goal chances in the first half it didn't take them uh, we were very inefficient in our attack and they were very efficient in their attack and that's really the story of the game I suppose you know and that allowed them to open up a gap uh, we couldn't bridge the gap because we were, we were struggling to, to, to get scores on the board um, you know it's just one of those nights they're a very good side you know, a lot of pace in our team very well organised the middle third press they're very hard to get past it and you know they're, they have all the tricks they trade they have, they're cynical when they need to be cynical they foul you down the middle third of the pitch and get away with it uh, you know persistent fouling and it's just frustrating you know yeah, certainly so we had that we commented on that on, on the commentary as well in saying that they're all Ireland champions three times Dublin it was always going to be difficult but in fairness a rogue battle and you'd be proud of the lads in some aspects because they never gave up to be fair and they gave it their best but just come up against a better team I think you just said that Ah, you have to acknowledge that you know they're a really really good side they're all Ireland champions three times Dublin champions in a row like so you know uh, it was a real barometer for us to see how far off that level we are and we can see we've a lot of ground to make up uh, but that's good it's good to know that and and, uh, you know, the lads get back at it next year and they'll try and improve on, on things that we need to improve on. You know, one of the things they have uh, advantage over a lot of teams is their conditioning. You know, you can see there how, how paced they are and how strong they are in the tackle. And um, so we have a lot of young lads that wouldn't have that work done yet. You know, so uh, hopefully they'll get down to the gym work and uh, come back stronger and, and better next year. Yeah, not that I want to get into the, the aspects of it, but uh, we have to call it as we see it and all that. Jordan, we got two texts in during the match. A lot of people felt he was harshly done in, in the game in relation to carrying the ball and harshly done with the card then and then got the second one in the end and like you mentioned the word cynical they did get away with a lot of it, but they had their homework done on the likes of him and Ross Dunphy hadn't they but you had your homework done on Walsh and because I thought Boogie done a great job on Paul Mannion he did a very good job on him yeah yeah we, 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 we had him tag uh, Mannion he really kept him quiet through the whole game really and Walsh really wasn't in the game either he got the goal at the end like it was a lucky break uh, just a mistake that that uh, allowed him in, in you know at the end of the game we were pushing forward and there was space at the back uh, yeah look I, I think Jordan's been hard done by the last two games actually to be honest <laughs> with you um, it's, it's unfortunate household name this happens you just have to get on with it you just have to find a way around that you know so um, he's always going to be a marked man ok well listen Charlie, you got a great journey as far tonight got a Wonder County Championship which is a great thing to do for Airog they're back at the top table bowed out tonight you have a great tradition in this competition but I'm sure Airog will be back competing well in Carroll next year well done on a, on a great year and commiserations on bowing out tonight but thanks for giving us a few great days out thanks Brittany yeah look it's, it's been a great year uh, winning the championship was, was fantastic with seven new debutants on the team in the, in the final you know so that was, that was fantastic for, for the club see these young lads coming through and you know the, the performance of the last day against the Joss was incredible and tonight our heads are down and lads are really beat themselves up going in there but when they reflect the next few days they realise you know we've made a lot of progress this year a lot of progress and uh, you know they're back at the start and with every bills next year and uh, they'll have to do it all over again OK well listen well done on your own efforts as well and your backroom team also well done on that and commiserations on losing tonight but as I said thanks for a few great days out Good man. thanks Brendan thanks, okay, thanks a million that was Turlo O'Brien there the era Og manager catching up with Brendan Hennessy after the match on Saturday evening and he's dead right 
Aira Oak can be very proud of what they have achieved this year and as Willie was alluding to a young team and they can prepare now for next year as well and hopefully it will be great to see a couple of those lads that's not already on the county team to be in there as well right we're going to hear from the other side this time because obviously Kilmacoke Krogs did come to town Brendan did manage to catch up with Shane Welsh and Paul Mannion two stars from Kilmacoke we'll begin with Shane Welsh and here's what he had to say Shane, well done. Good win for Crocs tonight in Carlow. Yeah, no, just the main thing was come down get, to get the results and it was weird, probably strange enough come down a course eight and a Sergeant High Junior think it's a Premier League game but uh, yeah, look, it was just we managed, to, I thought the conditions well like it was a bit greasy the pitch but it was immaculate really for this time of year as well um, but yeah, just just I suppose probably could have kicked on more but we didn't but hopefully we're saving that again for another day. You got a good start, four points up and they struggled a little bit to cope with your pace and your skill. You finished off with another great goal tonight to be fair to you as well but uh, you finished strongly also yeah no we, yeah we did I suppose but like look the condition is, is never going to be questioned the lads and we're, we're always ready to go but I suppose there's periods there probably in the second half where we didn't kick on and, and score enough either like I think we only got 1-3 in the second half so look that's something we can you know, I suppose change the next day and look it's great to get through days like today and have things to improve on as well ok well listen well done tonight Carlos said I wouldn't delay you Shane keep up the great work a pleasure to watch you <laughs> Carlos so well done thanks very much Cheers. Thanks. well done thanks. thanks that was Shane Welsh catching up with Brendan so too did Paul Mangan and here's what Paul had to say Paul, well done. Good win in Carlo tonight. Wasn't worked out simple enough in the end. It was a big score line. Uh, you get off to a good start, as I said to Shane earlier on, and you finish well also. You, you managed to get a point as well. <laughs> got one in the end, but yeah, no, it doesn't matter. Main thing was um, it was a good team performance overall. I think we we're at half time probably um, not totally happy, but in fairness, Eric put it put in a, a good uh, a good shift in that first half. Made it difficult. Keeping the keeping the score low and um, keeping keeping the their defence compact, but yeah, a couple of probably lucky breaks in the end um, for the goal and and uh, a couple of, couple of frees, but um, yeah, overall we're, we're happy. Morning, so you're into the semi final now. Yeah, that's it, that's it. Um, I don't know who we're, we're going to be playing yet. Remains to be seen, but um, yeah, we're um, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure. Well, well done, Carlo tonight. Thanks a lot. That was the great Dublin footballer Paul Mannion there as well having a chat to our own Brendan Hennessy after the game. Commiserations to Era Og as the boys have been saying they have been fantastic champions and represented Carlo very, very well in the Leinster Championship and they can take a, a few days or a few weeks rest before we start back with the pre-season for the Intercounty with Carlo. Right, we're going to stick with GAA at the minute. We want to congratulate O'Loughlin Gales because they are the under-19 Ryan A League winners after defeating Aaron's own in Canning Cairns Park on Sunday afternoon on a final scoreline of 16 points to 12. So a good week for the or for the O'Loughlin's uh, club winning the county title and then the under-19 title as well within a week of one another. So well done to everybody involved there. Right, we're going to take a quick break when we come back we are going to hear from Ivan Nikwil and I did manage to catch up with her earlier on this afternoon because she was busy this evening but she is launching her great Irish book of Gaelic games which she will be in Kilkenny on Thursday in Cannes Bookshop for 3pm and she will be signing copies there and Ivan was great to talk to so you really will want to listen to in to the next segment don't go anywhere because we are going to be right back after this quick break Keeping you in the game and in the know. Full-time on KCLR. Full-time on KCLR. Your weekend sport in review with Martin Coulty. 
Welcome back to Full Time on this Monday evening. It is just gone half past six and I did promise you a brilliant piece coming up next because RTE broadcaster and Kilkenny woman Ivan Nikwilan was having a chat to me. We pre-recorded this earlier this afternoon because, as I said, I would have loved to have her on live but just time constraints couldn't have been done this evening. But Ivan has a new book out. It's called The Great Irish Book of Gaelic Games. I have it here in front of me and the illustrations on it is being done by Donna O'Malley. It is a fabulous book, I have to say, and I really could not put it down all over the weekend getting to read it and enjoy it. And I managed to catch up with Ivan earlier on. So, here's our interview. Start in I am delighted to be joined on the phone line right now by RTE sports journalist Ivan Nequillen. And Ivan is actually now an author because she has written the great Irish book of Gaelic games. And I have to say it is an unbelievable book that has been illustrated by Donna O'Malley. And I'm delighted that Ivan joins me on the phone right now. Ivan, how are you? I'm great, Martin. Thanks for having me. Not at all. Thank you for joining me. It's an absolute pleasure to have somebody of your calibre, uh, a Kilkenny woman as well, on the line to talk about a book that I haven't put out of my hand since I've got it because <laughs> the illustrations is fantastic. And if anybody wants to learn about Gaelic games, this is certainly the book to go and buy and it will be an excellent present for somebody. Tell us, how did you come up with the idea? Well, first of all, I agree with you about the illustrations. I think it jumps off the shelf. <laughs> I think the cover is fab and um, all of the illustrations that Donna O'Malley has done has really made the content kind of jump out of the book. Um, so Gil, the publishers, make one of these books every year. So they put one of these books together every year, the Great Irish Book Series. So um, this year they wanted to do one on Gaelic Games. So they came to me and asked me if I'd be interested in writing it. Um, originally their idea was the Great Irish Book of the GA, and I was very fast to point out that that would not include women <laughs> or little girls or um, you know lots of aspects of our games that you we kind of just assume are in the GA and they're not. So um, that was very important to me that I would be trying to include everything from you know camogie to handball rounders even international rules and some of the Irish stars that are making an impression in Australia in, in Aussie rules as well. So um, it really was everything, um, right from the history of the games and even pre-1884, like some of the some of the stuff around legend and Cúcollin and um, why we kind of feel like these games are part of who we are. Like So that was that was kind of it. And then the other, the other thing that I really wanted to make sure was um, coming across in the book was just the inclusivity of Gaelic games and how there's a Gaelic game for everyone and there's a place for everybody in Gaelic games, whether it's, you know, playing senior inch county hurling or if it's doing score or if it's playing a fela or um, even if it's joining a club for the first time in your 40s, which I know a lot of people do for mothers and others. So literally everything is covered in the book. Um, and like you say, I do think there's something for everyone. Some of my own kids and their friends and some of the kids I coach have come up to me and said, you know, they, they're loving it, but their parents have said they're dipping in and out of it and learning something as well, which is brilliant. It certainly is. I mean, I don't want to give away too much in it because people really should buy it, but I mean, you're looking at the history of the Gaelic Games, you're looking at giants of the games, both from a manager's and a player's point of view. So, I mean, you picked out some of the great managers going back to the likes of Sean Boylan, you know, um, I think... Uh, Brian Cody was in it, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Um, there's a lot of good managers that's there. It really is a fantastic read. And the size of the book, you can actually put this down on the floor 
and kids can actually just <laughs> lie there and look at it and read it and look at the illustrations. It's certainly going to be a, a book that a lot of kids and a lot of adults are certainly going to enjoy. Yeah, like you mentioned Sean Boylan and Brian Cody as two examples of brilliant managers over the years. But like there's been so many of them that I actually lost sleep over. Like I had so many more managers and players in this book and, and profiles of them and their stories, but I just couldn't fit them all in. So the editors kept saying to me, man, you're going to have to stream back, you're going to have to cut back. So it was actually very hard for me to finalise the list of people that was kind of like, obviously everything is, is covered in the book, but I do have certain personalities that I wanted to bring to the fore. And it was an extremely difficult process because obviously I was trying to cater for um, hurling and football. I was trying to get a good geographical spread, despite the fact that maybe some of the best footballers ever were in Kerry. I didn't, I couldn't have like six Kerry players profiles. <laughs> I just did an interview. I just did an interview there with Highland Radio and Donegal, and I was sweating because as soon as he started talking about who who was representing Donegal, I I could forgotten. I couldn't remember who I had put in or where they were represented, but Michael Murphy was represented in one of the giants of the game. So like that now, when I was putting the book together, I did have a lot of anxiety over who was left in and who was left out. But like, I think overall there's a good balance. And when I say balance, I don't just mean county balance. I mean like men and women. I was very clear that I wanted um, lots of the female players represented in the book um, and their stories. But also, even aside from that, in some of the general illustrations, I would go back to the illustrator, Donna, and say, look, there's not enough kids in that page that are girls. So, you know, you need to go back and put a few more girls on the page um, because, like, I am coaching in an academy and it's, you know, it's almost 50-50. And I know a lot of academies around the country are the same. Sorry, I'm not in the academy anymore. We're doing goal games now. But, like, uh, I, that was that was one thing I wanted to make sure that my little underage girls could see themselves reflected in the book just as much as the boys could. And obviously, as you say, you are a coach as well now. You're part of the St. Jude's Club. You have uh, a small little one and a small little fella as well that's yeah. playing. And I don't want to give out the names on here just in case. I know they may be on your <laughs> profiles and that. But um, I mean, I think you nearly go with Irish names the whole time with the kids because they're they're so <laughs> nice. But uh, yeah, you are involved in St. Jude's. You are obviously playing uh, mothers for Gaelic mothers and others as well. So you really are uh, a staunch GAA person. Ah uh, yeah, like I did, I never played football. Like I think that's pretty obvious. Like when I was growing up in Kilkenny, there was no football. So for me, like to take off football <laughs> last year <laughs> was a huge deal. But like the mothers and others is very it's non competitive and it's really just a social thing more than anything else. Like yes, we have matches and we have blitzes, but the biggest part for me is going up on a Wednesday night and meeting. You could meet thirty, you could meet forty, you could meet twenty women, um, and they've all just been running around bringing kids training all evening, and then that's their hour in the week to just go out and you know learn how to kick properly or learn how to hand pass properly and then try and have a go back and forwards or something like that but it's been brilliant like um, that's that's kind of another element of the inclusivity piece like I I do think that and I'm not just saying it like I do think that there's a place for everybody um, there's a social um, social hurling group in our club as well and again it's just you know some of the local dads that go up and knock the ball around or whatever um, and I think they're trying to get a social camogie thing back up and running as well I don't know if I'd be quite brave enough to go back playing camogie at my age but uh, <laughs> I gave that up when I started having those kids that you speak of Jamie, Peggy and Teddy are very familiar with Kenny, by the way they're down all the time and actually the older two are over in Spain with uh, mum and dad at the moment so they're not back yet um, they got they were very lucky they got brought away for the week for the midterm break how so, very nice um, yeah yeah absolutely spoiled rotten well they certainly again, they, were, they were a great help to me actually when I was writing the book I was obviously running especially Shamey he's 11 now and um, he was a good kind of he was a good lad to bounce stuff off you know when I was writing different stories um, and you know when I was doing kind of some of the uh, some of the fun stuff you know with the uh, the county colours and the county nicknames and, and the bit of banter and the lingo and stuff 
uh, he really enjoyed that and looking over it for me, looking over it for me. Yeah, the lingo is certainly nice. I actually have the lingo open here in front of me um, <laughs> on the page. And if you asked anyone who Banty was, they they really would probably struggle to find out who it is. But Ivan, how long did it take you to do the book? I started it this time last year. It probably would have been maybe last month last year. So around October 2022, I started putting putting shape on it and actually the shape is the hardest part like trying to figure out where I wanted to put everything like I had 100% editorial control so that was great except that I had to figure out where to put everything and I wanted to make sure I was including everything so that's where the whole I have like five different sections so you'd have like the history then you have everything around the small balls everything around the big ball and then you know behind the scenes then the big match day and then calling all gales is the last section around you know Gaelic games around the world and stuff I did start writing at this time last year. I was under pressure to try and get all of my side of things done before the Women's World Cup started because I, was, I knew I was going to be really busy and they had, Gail would have had deadlines then for printing and stuff. So I started this time last year, really, in October that last year and um, I didn't hand in the last spread or sign off on the last little piece of text until kind of the middle of July then. So it was a long enough process and I just went back to work as well when I started this because I'd had a baby the previous year. So I'm I'm probably mad in the head. I don't know. I just I love it. I love a challenge. I'm really I get really bored really easily. So I kind of always have to have something. Um, but it probably was one one step too far. <laughs> I was quite absent in a lot of other areas at home at times. But um, I'm lucky. There's a there's a library on my doorstep here. So I I just used to go in there when the kids were in school, and that's how we kind of worked it out. Well, you know the saying: if you want something done, ask a busy person. I would totally agree with that. <laughs> um, I suppose uh, you are down in Kilkenny as well this Thursday coming at a book signing. It's going to be in Cannes Bookshop in uh, Kilkenny on Thursday, I think it's Thursday the 9th, am I right in saying that? Yeah, yeah that's right, Thursday at 3 o'clock I'm going to be down in Cannes. So, like, <clears throat> I know Cannes has plenty of uh, stock in the shop if anyone wants to come in and buy a book I'll be there to sign them and meet whoever is there but if you've bought one already like, be, be, like feel free to bring it in and I'll sign it. Um, you know, if you already have it, that's absolutely no problem. I would be there and that's what I'm there for. Well, I'd say there's a lot of people going to be there signing books. I can't leave you go without asking you because obviously <laughs> you have mentioned it several times about inclusivity and about getting the female end of things in the book as well and plenty mm-hmm. of it. You are working with RTE Sport. Where do you see the the women's game itself and uh, the promotional end of things and the coverage that women are currently getting at the minute in all sports all across soccer Gaelic games uh, rugby you name it where do you stand with it? Well even just starting with soccer because obviously that was kind of the stuff that was making headlines over the summer I think they are on the crest of a wave and it is up to the media now and it's up to all of us to kind of help them ride that wave and keep that momentum going. Like they're trying to qualify for the Euros in 2025 and like it should be expected now that, you know, that those matches should be on television and all of the matches in the lead up to that should be on television. Like that should just be the expected norm now even though it wasn't before. So I think success breeds success and they've shown, you know, if you build it, they will come and everybody wanted to watch those matches and they did watch those matches in their droves. So, you know, that's one thing with the soccer with the soccer team. Um, I mean, I think across the board, the the coverage has increased. Um, I think it still has a long way to go and I do think it kind of comes in waves as well at times. Like, sometimes you go onto various websites and you'll see, um, you know, the stories about when men and women's sport could be 50-50 and then other times, it, it, you know, it could be 9%, 10%. So I do think that there's a way to go and sometimes it's just to do with challenging everybody's unconscious bias. Like, sometimes you'll, an editor or somebody who's in, in charge of some of these productions um, will kind of just forget to challenge their unconscious bias and forget to chase down stories about women. Um, they don't just 
just the nature of it, they don't just land on the desk. You have to actually go and chase them, and that's the way. Same with gender quotas, like you have to chase stories until they start happening organically. So, um, I do think we have a way to go yet, but it's certainly a, it's very different to when I started working 19 years ago. It is completely different. Two different, um, two different universes, to be honest. Um, and I, I say that in terms of women in playing in sports, but also in terms of women working in sports. Like for me, the big thing is visibility. So I think if we can just keep the visibility up, the young girls will see that there's a pathway for them. So if you're if you're a ten year old soccer player, you can see now that you can be Irish and you can play for Arsenal if you want to. Casey McCabe has done it, Emma Byrne has done it, Louise Quinn has done it. Um, but if you want to be a journalist or you want to be a broadcaster, you can also see that that's possible too. And when I was growing up, I didn't see that. So the pathways have kind of been broken now, and they've been kind of you know um, they've been set down by by the women that have come before. Um, and I think it's the visibility then, the fact that kids can see that there's, you know, pathways there from them. Boys and girls as well, and not just talking about girls, but like you're asking me about girls, but I do think um, it's very, very, it's very different. It's much more positive, but I think don't drop the ball. We have to keep going as well. Yep, totally agree with you. Well, as we said, Ivan will be in Cannes Bookshop in Kilkenny on Thursday at three o'clock signing the book. The book is called The Great Irish Book of Gaelic Games. And as I said, if you really want to see a fantastic book, it is that, and I'm not just saying it because Ivan is from Kilkenny or anything, but it is a fantastic production um, and I know it's going to be a real hit with uh, a lot of Gaelic Games people and a lot of kids around the place and it's certainly going to, I think, for yourself anyway, do well. So congratulations on the book and uh, yeah, you never know, we might see you Thursday. All going well. Yes, that'd be great. Thanks a million. I'd love to see as many as possible. Perfect. Thanks, Ivan. That was Ivan Quillam there having a chat with me earlier on this afternoon. Well, I would actually love to hear from people. Did you actually buy the book yet? Have you got it? What did you think of it? Let me know. 83 306 9696 on the text or WhatsApp dinnersready.ie contact line because I'd love to hear your thoughts on it as well. I'd love to hear your thoughts on Ivan's thoughts about sport in general, about coverage, etc. Get in contact with us here. That's what we're here for. We are here to listen to you, the people that's out there, because without you, we wouldn't be able to have shows either. Coming up very soon, I can wave into the Come On Kinds team. They're in next door and they're actually looking, I'd say, at team of the year. How many is in there? I'm looking. There's about 10 of them inside in the room there. They're trying to pick the team of the year. I'll have to join them later on, but Anya Farrell will be coming in to join me very, very soon to have a chat with the Camogie. We're going to hear, first of all, from the Dixborough manager uh, very, very shortly, but I suppose we'll do a bit of a roundup on the sports because Ladies Football and St. Bridget's, unfortunately, are also out of the Leinster Junior Club Ladies Football Championship following defeat to Gus Aran of Wexford in Saturday's semi-final gone the Wexford champions were coming away with that one 2-13 to 1-3 winners over Carlo in rugby news Tullow claimed a losing bonus point against C point in division 1 of the Leinster League which was played yesterday and in division 1B Boyne defeated Kilkenny and Carlo and Dundalk could not be separated they ended their match in a draw and in soccer news Evergreen were 3-0 winners over Bagnastown in the FAI Junior Cup yesterday while Gory Rangers defeated Freebooters last Saturday and North End United dumped Credit Yard United out of the competition after a penalty shootout. So you're pretty much up to date on most of the sports that happened over the weekend. Right, I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, Anya Farrell is going to jump studios. She's going to be in here with me having a discussion about Camogie before she goes back to try and pick the team of 
of the year she might let us in on a little secret you never know we have a quick break to take don't go anywhere we'll be right back this is Full Time on KCLR Full Time on KCLR your weekend sport in review with Martin Quilty Welcome back. It is approaching 10 minutes to 7 here on Monday evening. It is the 6th of November and Anya Farrell has joined me from the room next door where they are busy trying to pick nominations for Team of the Year and she's actually here reading Ivan's book in front of me. Anya, it's some production. It's absolutely fabulous. It's it's deadly. Everything about it is just absolutely brilliant. Um, just the way to even go through the book is fantastic like there's so much work and emphasis gone into it um it's it's great like it's definitely you know I'll definitely be picking up one or two for a few smallies for Christmas this year I tell you that we can't, no, we can't mention the C we have to use the C word <laughs> not the full charm even though I do hear ads going around but uh, it was a busy weekend of camogie action with lots of interest from Kikenny and Carlo mm-hmm. let's start with yesterday Dixborough beating St Martins they're in the Leinster senior final after a 110 to 8 points victory mm-hmm. over the Wexford champions it was a tight affair but Jenny Clifford's goal proved to be decisive it certainly did and I suppose listen in a game like that you knew from the get go whatever opportunity was going to come your way either team was going to have to take it it was that tight and I suppose for Dixborough Jenny Clifford she took that goal extremely well in the second half and just from there on you know there was no letting up with Dixborough you know I was looking at it there um, Aoife Prendergast scored 8 points from freeze she had 10 frees on the day she put one of them wide and she did a, a short pass to for her second one like her free taking was Unbelievable! It, it was, was impeccable. Like six, going at half time, six points apiece. Yeah, six frees to herself as well. It certainly kept mm-hmm. him in the game. Oh, it certainly did. Like, and it was absolutely excellent. Ash McCarty popping up with two points as well. Um, but you have to say the work rate from Dixborough—they looked really, really hungry. Um, they were really, really up for that game. I have to say, I thought Quiva Dillon played very, very well centre back. She did an awful lot of roaming back and forward. Um, but it was her distribution of the ball. Nothing was really hitting Hope. It was just making sure that she was getting a good hand pass out Kira O'Shea I thought had an absolute unmerciful battle with Kira O'Connor in the middle of the field that was when I more I think back of it I actually thought they were going to leave Kira feeling out midfield on her and then when I seen them starting off is starting off just before the throw in I seen Kira O'Shea coming out where I was like oh this is it, it's definitely the right call to make like Kira O'Shea is definitely one of the one of the the best man markers in, in the game now at this stage she was really really good Rachel Down I thought had a really really good game but just the enthusiasm uh, Katie Byrne was excellent as well cornerback just the enthusiasm and I suppose the work rate that um, Dixborough putting into it they were constantly encouraging each other they thoroughly deserved a win um, St Martin's on the other side I don't think they'll be too happy with um, with that game you know they drove an awful lot of wides they had nine wides um, in the in the course of the of the full 60 minutes four of them coming from freeze but you do have to hold your hand up to Kira O'Connor she gave a masterclass display. She really, really did. She was excellent. I know she missed a couple of those frees. There three frees. I think she missed in all, but she had. But six we frees. knew what Kira was going to be like. Yeah. We see her playing with Kilkenny a couple of months ago, and I alluded to that with, with uh, Jenny and Eve in the interview, which you can hear on the Come On Kind podcast later on. I am going to give a sneaky little plug in there, which which we're going to do for you anyway, because you are next door. Um, but I'm just conscious of time at the minute. Um, lots more to come on the analysis of mm-hmm. that later on tomorrow evening on the podcast. The Roar. Stieg and Michael 
both of them unfortunately we were hoping it might be yeah. a Kilkenny Carlo final the finals are in Netwatch Cullen Park mm-hmm. in a fortnight's time it would have been great um, to be there to be able to watch it not to be unfortunately Michael going down by three points to Nafine of Dublin and the Rona League I think time just caught up on him with the extra times in them yeah. uh, defeated by four points against a very good O'Moore's team I have to say a really really good O'Moore's team um, very good throughout the whole field Jenny McAvoy I thought especially for O'Moore's was excellent there at half back Rornish Teague do you know what at one stage of the game it looked like oh god this is going to go to extra time now again and your worry was would Rornish Teague be able for it for a third weekend in a row be able to go to extra time you could see by some of the girls they're, they were tired their legs were looking heavy and listen they fought right till the bitter end of that game um, I thought Anya Gannon was exceptional she was really really good she was now, very unlucky make, yeah, she hit the crossbar she did and I have to make a confession because I know I said last week on the podcast that it was a girl with a blue helmet that took the free and I didn't know who it was it was actually Anya that drew up that match mm. um, the first day not last weekend but the weekend before um, but look they really they, they put in a great performance like yeah. in just fairness time did catch up with them mm-hmm. Michael on the other hand then as well going down by three points I thought they might sneak it yeah. um, a little bit but someone uh, at the match at the weekend said to me Nafina are very good Michael okay. will find it tough to beat them and they did yeah and it's unfortunate for Michael I suppose like we've spoken about before they've won like 24 county fi- county titles in a row and I suppose they were eyeing they had their eyes firmly put on a Leinster title there as well but just unfortunately on the day coming up against um, Nafina I think Nafina and O'Moore's are really going to be it's going to be an absolute ding dong of a Leinster Leinster championship so listen unfortunately for both Kilkenny and Carlow teams this year there's going to be no Leinster intermediate final for them Come on, kind team of the year. You have a bundle. Look, they're all waving inside at us. They are out through the window. How are we going to pick a team of the year this year? I'm not going to lie. It's probably worse than ever. Um, we were looking at we were looking at some of the nominations. I think in total there's nearly a hundred and twenty something nominations for senior players alone. Ah, here, yeah, that's what senior, <laughs> and that's what we've literally spent the last hour going through there at the moment, and we haven't even got to the forwards yet. I know, and I'm going joining in you shortly. Yeah. Right, thank you very much for that. I will leave you back into the gang in there. Best luck to the come on kind gang. We'll talk to you very very soon indeed. Right, Owen Carey is in the building. He's going to be here with fully loaded from seven to ten belting out the tunes are you looking at me Owen he's pointing to the watch because he's worried I might be late for the news but I won't be don't forget guess who again starting with John Walsh in the morning at 8am he could be giving away a load of money and if you didn't get your Bruce Springsteen's tickets by the way hands up in next door who got that Bruce Springsteen tickets this morning I'm looking five or six of them inside did well Brian Redmond will be giving away a pair here tomorrow on the KCLR Daily, the new show from 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock. Right, that's my lot for this evening. Thank you as always for joining us. As I said, Owen Carey is coming up. I will be back again with you next Monday, but for the time being, enjoy the rest of your week. Talk to you soon. Bye.